0: The Wedding Thinners podcast, listen to our podcast, the buffet's closed, we're smaller clothes. Well, welcome everybody. Uh, This is the Wedding Thinners podcast. Uh, We are joined in the studio uh, today, physically in real life, by our guest presenter, Ant Martin. Say hi. Hi. Uh, We are also joined by Bjorn. Good I don't afternoon. know your surname. Is it Dawson? It, it is. It is Bjorn Dawson. Yes. I thought I had it there. Uh, Bjorn is joining us. Thank you for coming along. You're very uh, welcome. And virtually today we have Joe Ringer, who is a singer. Uh, he's joining us all the way from sunny Norwich. Say hi, Joe. Hi, hi Joe. How's there, it going? There is a delay. There is a little bit of delay because he's joining us virtually on clean feed. Is it via satellite? Um, it's via satellite yes, link. It's a long way away. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, yeah, it's Adam. We've Adams.
1: just got dial-up. <laughs>
0: it's through adam's broadband if this end as well so it's high speed high quality gear here at beach Sound studios was that an appropriate sort of uh plug adam yes yes. that was good i can do any promo if you want any voiceover stuff if you want anything like that no no it's not jumping at the chance okay cool um so yeah i really appreciate the three of you joining us uh today and uh just coming in for a chat and you know as we always say every week the whole idea behind this podcast is just to sort of Chat and normalise chatting about things that people are finding difficult. So, and and obviously, you've been on. Uh, the, the, you are on our second episode. You were one of the. You we were actually, I think, the first proper guest that we had
2: um, alongside Elliot. Was yeah, and I, na- I named I named your podcast.
0: You did, yeah. yeah, and and came up with the name The Wedding Thinners, mm. and uh, when uh, you also came up with the name, uh, no, not the name. You also came up with the idea for the theme tune. So yeah, that no, was me. Sing the theme tune. You didn't play the theme tune. Though. I
2: didn't play the theme tune. No. You wouldn't let me. No, uh,
0: but I appreciate that. And as I've said previously, there are no royalties. No royalties. I'll nah. have
2: I'll have like like.
0: Well, we got your coffee.
2: Yeah, that'll do yeah yeah
0: and a a new mic so you know thanks ever so much that's all right now um and
3: bjorn tell us a little bit about yourself mate what do you do why are you here who are you who am i well there's the question (laughs) so at the moment i'm a personal trainer um but about sort of two about sort of two two and a half years ago uh, myself and my business partner set up um an online sort of venture which given what's happened in the last couple of months wasn't a bad shout when Uh, when did you do that it's probably ago. about two and a half years oh, ago Oh, wow, okay. Um, so that's Fat Loss and Lulz. Um, huh. Yeah, so we just found that the fat loss industry generally is pretty boring, you know, pretty serious, um, very prescriptive. So it doesn't allow people to do things in ways that perhaps suit their lifestyle, which means they don't, they can't sustain it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I've been doing PT for sort of six years or so. Um, before that, I was a bank manager, if you can oh, believe wow. that. Mm. And it always says I was a banker, but I didn't Know what he meant,
2: it's not rhyming, slang, it genuinely. did used to work, oh, okay. Now. He was a banker, <laughs> yeah. oh
0: well. And, and your, your fitness business is predom- uh, predominantly online,
3: it is now, yeah. So, you know, for a long time, it was face to face personal training. Um, and then as I say the, the online market is sort of really growing at the moment, yeah. Um, so that's something that we're sort of moving Brilliant. into quite heavily.
0: As you say, that was uh, a stroke of luck. You did it just before, really, we, yeah. This was kicked off.
3: We sort of launched our first test product and then two weeks later the lockdown happened. We thought, oh, this is the worst time to, to, you know, to be launching something. But actually it was a massive success yeah. and we just took the view of if people could do it during a pandemic, we're probably going to be all right for the long term. Yeah. So, and oh, we we've run good. three intakes now. So, Brilliant. That's great. How
0: many people do you have training with you on that, sort of roughly?
3: Um, so initially we were going to cap it at 50 at a time, so we had 40 on the last one. Um, so the next one's in January. Plug plug. Um, <laughs> There'll be time for that. <laughs> so yeah, we're we're thinking between fifty and a hundred each oh, time.
0: Great. Well, it'll be great to hear a bit more about what what you you know what you can get up to if you joined up with that. So we'll, we will come back to that. And you know, in all seriousness, it's important to for people to hear what's available for them as well. Um, and Joe, obviously joining us virtually, so there may be a slight delay in you hearing me. What what um what brings you here other than me asking you to be here today? I know that. Um, when I put out a post saying can anyone you know anybody share any stories you were like yeah I can happily chat so tell us a bit about yourself who are you what do you do? Uh,
1: I am a singer and a musician of sorts so I was anyway until about March (laughs) Um, yeah I'm singer I run a band uh, here in Norfolk but we do stuff all over the country and all over the place cruises and shows and I do a bit of arranging and yeah just a bit of anything and yeah that's about it really um you know obviously I I, although we've never met in real life we haven't we sort of move in the same sort of circles yeah I I, I don't really do the sort of the sort of depping thing and all the bits and pieces all over the place like I used to um just because um, I sort of run my own um, here now but yeah, I'm sort of you know we've got lots of mutual musician friends. So and you put the post out, and I thought, yeah, it'd be nice to have a chat. I haven't spoken to anyone for about eight months. So <laughs> <laughs> Why ever not? Be quite nice, <laughs> and of course, when you're stuck out here in Norfolk. It's, it's a you know, a little bit lonely, so it's nice to, you know, just have a chat and just talk about bits and pieces and yeah. what's happening in the world and what we've done and all that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah, great. And and since we last saw you um here, what's what's been happening for you? What what successes have you had? Anything changed, anything good? Oh,
2: um yeah, I went for a run. Um so that was good. Uh well I I've been kind of not doing any running at all. Right. Um because I did this charity... Well, literally, it was I just about yeah, to do the Yeah, you were about walk? to do it. Okay, so I did a charity walk for like 57 kilometres. Um, and basically, uh, like two days before, I bought these nice wool walking socks, woolen ones, really nice woolen ones. Were they Merino? They were Merino, yeah. used the Tottenham manager. Yeah, you know. say Merino. Mani- no, um, no. yeah. Oh, dear. I'm so sorry. Um, so, yeah, so I was wearing these socks... And I hadn't worn them in or anything. And, yeah, so, like, I, the blisters were absolutely appalling. And I, they've literally just only started to to sort of... Repair. Repair.
0: I didn't know you had to wear
2: socks in. Well, woollen ones. Like, I've never walked in woollen socks before. Ah. So, buying some two days before walking 57 kilometres, great shout. Okay. Turns out not... Don't Uh, do that. But it was very, very challenging.
0: And you've grown a fantastic face moustache thing.
2: Yes. It looks wonderful. Thanks I I hope
0: there will be many, many photos on social media.
2: Um, I mean, I'm a bit shy of it at the moment. Um, I don't think you should be. Well, yeah. It's glorious. Thank you very much. Keep it. So, obviously, great for radio um, and podcasting is to describe things. Um, I've got a handlebar moustache now. So, imagine what handlebars look like. Imagine they're made out of hair. that's your top lip. Put them under my nose. Yeah. That's exactly what it looks like.
0: (laughs) Okay. Thanks. Thanks very much.
2: You're welcome anytime.
0: And um, we should say at this point as well, Anne and Bjorn, you work together in terms of... And uh, Bjorn is your PT. Yeah. um, And actually, Bjorn and I used to work together as well in terms of our PT stuff. And I I, I left and found another woman. Um, (laughs) But I I just changed direction. I think um, what I was was, um, probably craving was... I wasn't really into the fitness at that point. Like you might have heard in the in the first or two or three podcasts, I was saying, you know, as great as you are, hugely skilled and as personal and wonderful and beautiful as you are, um, at that time in my journey, I wasn't really feeling it, you know. And uh, and I found that boxing for me was the one. And I remember discussing that with yeah. you at the time. You know, I think this is probably going to be the better direction for me because it's tricking myself into, um, into doing a fitness thing but learning a skill as well, you know. So that really, really resounded with me. But I'd be interested to hear from you, mate, about like... You must see lots of versions of and myself, you know, what what what
2: Well to interject, I was I think I was one of your first clients. You were my first client. I was Bjorn's first client oh. when he went from being a bank manager. Because I knew Bjorn from music days back in the day, because Bjorn used to be in a band called Reasonable Doubt yeah. in the heavy metal scene Rock. of Medway. Um and that's how we knew each other. And then eventually when he became a PT, that knowing him as a friend. Gave me the confidence to say, actually, I want to do something about this, so I'm going to speak to someone that's already my mate yeah. and see if we can get something done. Um, and then I introduced you to Bjorn as yeah. well. Through before your, your before your wedding. Before my wedding, that's yeah. right, yeah. A few sessions. A few sesh. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, um, so yeah, tell us more. <laughs> that, that's where squaxing was invented. You, you invented
0: that. I remember squaxing. Squat boxing. And the, 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 your love of boxing Yeah, yeah I think there must born. have been. Because I remember saying to you, oh, I fancy hitting the pads. Yeah, I do remember that now. Man, I'd forgotten that. Oh, yeah, I am I am the uh, the inventor of squaxing. Uh, you can find out more about squaxing on the Squaxing podcast uh, that will be coming out very, very soon. <laughs> so, yeah, tell us a little bit more about, you know, the sorts of people that you, you work with. Now, obviously, we know that, you know, you've had masses, masses, su- masses of success uh, with Ant. You've done really well there, and I know that you two work very closely, and, you know, you, Ant's been incredibly committed to it, as I know he very much probably appreciates the commitment from you as well. But you must see people like us all the time not just people who are overweight and want to lose weight but from the sort of mental health aspect as well and the, like what challenges are recurring would you say
3: yeah i would say a lot of the time it's you know people are always held back by you know things that have happened in the past or things they believe or things that everyone's got an opinion uh, you know, my friend said and you know, all this sort of stuff and a lot of the time it's just managing expectations around time scales so I remember sitting down with a, a lady and she said, um, I, I want to lose four stone. I thought, okay, that's yeah, fair play. You you seem like your head's in the right place. She said, um, yeah, how long is it going to take? I said, uh, um, I can't really answer that. She said, well, it's just I'm, I'm looking to get it done in three months. Right. Mm. I, I said, and why specifically this weight? And it's the weight from before she had kids and you know, all this sort of stuff. I said, uh, and how long have you been unhappy with your weight or how long since you were last the weight you're, you're trying to get to? Oh, seven years. Right, so it's taken you seven years. Or to get to this get stage. To this point you want to lose it in three months. Yeah, yeah, can we do that? I said, look, it's, it's possible. Do you want to eat for the next three months? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but people are desperate. You know, They sort of get to the point that's you know something breaks, something snaps, and they're like, right. I need to get this done.
0: That's a common thing, that people yeah. want it done quickly. Why is that? Why do you think people are so uh, you know, keen to get it done out
3: just, of the way? I just think that they, people live with that sort of... Because it is draining, isn't it? Like mm. it? It drains your sort of emotional energy, day to day. A lot of the time people just ignore it, they put it to one side. And then eventually it gets too much and they, they just want it gone. You know, the sort of mental burden. Um, but it's, yeah, it's really hard to manage that sort of time expectation with them.
0: I wonder if that's changed over like the course of the last sort of ten, fifteen years. Because I'm often like harping on at my students about the fact that when they're trying to learn a piece of music, often they want it instant success. And I, I do believe that that's partly because they're so used to being able to pick up a phone and message a mate and have an mm. immediate contact with that person. And, you know, and even now we're we're so used to being able to click on Amazon and order something and get it either that day or the next day. So I wonder whether that has anything, you know, to do with it as well. There is
2: an immediacy to everything now, nowadays, mm. like, you know, and I, this they're taking it to a gardening analogy, like I go in the garden and I'm like, OK, well, I need to get this done. And then I'm bored off like three minutes. Like, this isn't done. Why isn't this done? <laughs> uh. And then actually you think, well, I, I'll, I need to throw some time at it. Yeah. That's the thing. You you just need to invest some time into getting something done. And now when I go in the garden, it's like, oh, I've already accepted that. Yeah. I go in the garden and I'm like, okay, cool. You've uh, conditioned yourself. Exactly. So sense. I'm like, okay, so I need to clear this. Uh, it's probably going to take an uh, hour and a half. Let's just crack on and get through it. Yeah, yeah. so gardening, straight fitness, straight same thing.
0: <laughs> well, it's all movement, isn't it? It's so anything you can do. But oh, seriously, like gardening is a really good way of, mm. of, of like getting some exercise of some form. Yeah, know, and
3: free. a lot of people are sort of, you know, one thing I always say to my clients is I'm predominantly, when I'm doing PT, it's exercise-based. But on the online stuff, we don't really touch on that for, yeah. the, for the fat loss programs. And we say to people, exercise is not essential for fat loss. And they sort of look at us and think, well, are you not a PT? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's good. It has benefits. You can get stronger, fitter, healthier. They're all great positives. But if fat loss and weight loss are your primary goals, you don't need to exercise. Because sometimes the thought of going to the gym or doing exercise or you know, getting to the point where they ache and they've got pains is enough to put them off doing anything like at the all. whole process. So they yeah, don't even touch the, the food stuff yeah. or the because they're worried about the exercise. Yeah. So as soon as you say, right, let's take the exercise away, Oh, it becomes more accessible.
0: And I suppose you're putting in in place the lifestyle changes first. Yeah, you know, and and I, I guess once the lifestyle change is embedded fully, and then perhaps they might introduce a bit of exercise. You know, as they get going. I remember when I when I was doing sessions with you, I'd, I'd complain massively about the ache. You know that that leg ache where I couldn't. Mm. I remember one time I couldn't even. I was at a gig and I couldn't even lift my foot off the ground to change my. Uh, my guitar sound with one of my effects pedals you know and bear in mind they're what they're like an inch off the floor i really struggled to lift my leg to click this little pedal you know and that that was turning me off of it exactly initially. exactly so. that
3: so a lot of the time we get people to focus on things like their steps yeah they're like well what's the extra thousand steps a day going to achieve well you know times that you know across a week year it's going to add up to a lot yeah absolutely
0: mm. Joe, um, just sort of listening in. I'd be curious to know sort of what's your fitness routine like. I mean, do you you do a lot of exercise out there. I mean, what what's the sort of plan for you? How do you keep yourself fit? I mean, you uh, see, you seem to be in pretty good shape. From, not from, really. from oh no, um, okay, I
1: think yeah, the camera is a good liar nowadays, isn't it? Um, um, I mean, at the minute, and um, we've just got a dog, um, That's good. so he's keeping us. We're trying to take him for a nice long walk every day, so. Um, that's a nice one. But generally, I, I sort of notice my weight go up and down um, depending on the time of year. I was saying to my partner the other day, um, during wedding season, it usually goes down and then um, sort of between March, uh, between sort of January and April time, it goes up again then it goes back down and then it goes up. And it's, it's yes, yeah, I think it's just what you do, isn't it? I think the job going out um dancing around, you know, like an idiot three, four <laughs> times a week mm um it's it's good a good bit of sort of general enjoyable fitness for me and that's yeah I don't do too much um to be honest um unfortunately I, I should do more and I really should do more as I'm getting well my I'm 36 next week so you get to that sort of age and there'll probably be a sort of light bulb moment where I where I go where I, yeah now's probably the time that I need to do something but yeah um at the minute there isn't a huge sort of um any sort of fitness routine sadly
0: right and I I, I ask this question in every podcast because I, I I think it's quite an interesting answer that you get from most people. But um, Joe, what's your relationship like with food?
1: It's a funny one, really. Um, So I've I've always had sort of an up and downy sort of relationship with food ever since I was since I was young. So maybe I was always quite big when I was younger, not massive, but always big. Or I sort of lost it as as I sort of went into the latter parts of high school. And then when I left high school and sort of, went out to college and got into sort of the the big wide world um i piled it on really badly i got up to over 20 stone at one point um up to about 21 stone and i was probably that weight um from when i was 20 up until uh maybe 10 years ago so maybe for five years i was probably about that size and I think it is very much, I know you you mentioned it earlier, it's a a lifestyle thing. And I think I can generally trace my sort of, my weight variances down to, you know, different parts of my life, either relationships or places you work or, you know, where you live and all that sort of thing. Mm. And um, so I had a, a bad relationship with food, you might call it then a lot of sort of fast food and eating out and convenience and that sort of thing. Um, and then you know about 10 years ago um, you know I thought now's the time I need to sort of um, do something about it and um, I know we all say that a lot and I still say it just about every week but <laughs> um, yeah you know I thought it was time to do something about it so um, I you know, I I went to a friend who was you know good on fitness stuff, and he helped me out. And I joined the gym, and then after about three weeks at the gym, I realised that I really hated it, and it was much easier just not to eat crap all the time. Yeah, right, absolutely. Um, so I so I just went down that road, and I lost. <laughs> I probably lo- I went down to about 14 stone in probably the space of a year maybe. Wow. Wow. So it all came off quite quickly and and it was sort of for me it was down to routine at the time I had a 9 to 5 day job, so it was a lot easier um to have that routine, you know, I'd get up, have something small for breakfast, have something for lunch, have something small for dinner, walk there and back. Um yeah, so I got down to that, probably down to about 14 14 and a half stone. I find myself now at about probably about 15 and a half, 16 tops really, mm. fluctuating between that. And as I say, a lot of that is again to do, do with lifestyle. Um, I put on, you know, that stone and a half, two stone because um, I left my full-time job. I've been a full-time a musician for about eight years now, seven, eight years. So, um, you know, I found myself, you know, with not that regularity, not that routine in my life. And I think there's a lot to be said for that, you know. You know, if you can get that routine and and, I, and it's that thing that if I really did want to do it again, you know, I tell myself every so often I need <laughs> to lose a stone could do in losing a couple. And I try a little bit, but I'm at that stage where I'm sort of comfortable in that I'm um, happy with my life and I'm sort of sort of ha- happy with how I look and it doesn't affect anything, you know, like it used to. Yeah. So I'm so i'm sort of happy with that but i feel that if i really did need to i could and it just seems all about implementing that routine and as you say just just a lifestyle choice really you know as as at the minute i'm one of those people who i do a lot of different things work-wise i'm always doing a show or an arrangement or some teaching or some bits and pieces so i'm all over the place with that and i think that very much reflects itself in my life and in those sort of eating habits so Mm. Every day I'll just go to the shop and buy what I'm going to eat that day. I'm that sort of person. really. Yeah. Whereas if, if I really did sit down and do it and I needed to, and there probably will come a point, you know, when you get a certain age that you will. Um, but yeah, that's sort of my relationship with it all.
0: Yeah.
2: It's interesting about the sort of working the nine to five job and, um, you know, how that routine kind of helps you to sort of um, being in a routine, helps you manage your sort of food intake. What, what I find, as I've, I still have a, a nine to five, obviously it's changed not being in the office. Um, but I find, and I know that no one that I work with is going to listen to this podcast, so it's fine. <laughs> I'm so monumentally bored, like, all the time. Like, literally... Sorry, we
0: won't say who you work
2: for. Don't so. do that. Um, <laughs> but I'm so monumentally bored all the time that I will literally, normally, I would just get up and go to the vending machine to get a Mars yeah. bar to just break the monotony yeah. of sitting and dealing yeah, with yeah, there idiots. There is
1: that side of it as well. De- I think, yeah, sorry, Joe. That, that's right. No, sorry. As you say, there's a bit of lack. Apologies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is that side of things as well. And you do think that, but it's just... you know that I think that general and it's that that general routine of everything like when your house is nice and tidy and clean everything seems a lot cleaner in your head doesn't Mm, it absolutely and I think it's you know along those sort of lines Mm. and and when you're sort of you know some days I won't eat until you know because I'll either get up late and then get straight onto some work and before I know it it's 7 o'clock and you won't eat till then but then somehow you're consuming about 3000 calories (laughs) a year at (laughs) (laughs) 7 o'clock at midnight and you're like shit how did I do that yeah you just chuck it all in, don't you? Mm. It's interesting yeah, because exactly you do. So it's um, and, and there's very different ways. And now nowadays, you know, you'll go and you go to the shop and you'll get some lunch, and then you'll be actually working from home. Everything's just convenient. Everything's there as yeah. well, isn't it? Yeah, so definitely. It's really interesting because we had yeah, I mean, a. There's a lot to be said.
0: We had an, we had a psychologist on uh, a few episodes ago, and. Um, he was saying that one of the fundamental things, if you're trying to start out in a weight loss, he he, he was a specialist in um, treating people with long term illnesses, but also with a focus on diabetes. And one of the things that he you know he said was a, a very you know a massive factor in people's you know starting the process was um, the environment that they're in. You know, and of course, you know the environment that everybody's in at the minute is totally different to the one that they found themselves in a year ago. You know, two years ago, and like you said, if you had a nine to five and you had your routine there, your environment was one that you would go to work and eat at work and then be home and have your dinner. And but you know, as soon as you became you know the freelance musician working whatever hours somebody wanted you to work, your your routine changed drastically, doesn't it? And there's a lot to be said, I think, for you know musicians and creative people who have such a varied. Uh, time you know they don 't have shifts well, you know, there 's a lot to be said for those people who eat late, maybe you know yeah. or even yeah. have to grab something on the go, so well, the yeah, worst. we
1: always eat late and it's, yeah the, you know the, the, I think one place where I work a lot, which is about forty five minutes from me there 's like three mcdonald 's uh, between there and my home, so you know yeah. you 're driving home and a lot of the time as you say my, my general probably eating routine is I probably don 't have breakfast i 'll probably have um lunch mm. you know around sort of one two o'clock then i'll have some sort of snacks in the afternoon and then dinner late but yeah obviously with gigging sometimes if you're gigging about seven o'clock you don't always get it or i teach a few choirs now so you don't always get it in before so if you get it in after and then the last thing you want to do is sit there and cook for yeah. however long or plan yeah, something course. so yeah i i think i think the key to obviously See, there's a lot more behind it, but the key to regulating it somewhat is routine and lifestyle. I feel are so Mm. important, you know, just to get your head in the right space. And obviously, it's there's a few physical bits and pieces, but it's all mental. And one thing I was going to say about my relationship with food is, it's funny. I was speaking to another friend of mine who was sort of the same as me. He put on a lot of weight, um, and when you know, sort of, he left home, and then he sort of lost it as he got older. And I think. And we sort of said a lot of it might have been to do with, um, you know, how we were fed as children. And I think maybe the people of our era or the sort of era before that even might have experienced that thing. I mean, I know we were brought up sort of on the bread line. My mum was a single mum. She didn't work and all that sort of thing. So, um, you know, my eating experience when I was young was a lot of... Not great food, you know, chicken dippers, waffles. Well, it's interesting because when when Ann, that,
0: when Anne was on the podcast um, a few weeks back, well, many weeks back now, episode yeah. two, wasn't it for you? You were saying that about your you know your childhood growing up as well. Yeah,
2: the food, the food was the cheaper food is the 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 worst of our food, effectively. Yeah, so of
1: course, and you sort of you know you'd have that every. Night. and and because of that, I didn't really eat much veg and I didn't do that, and we didn't go out to eat a lot, but it was just always that. And it was always sandwiches, crisp chocolate, bar yeah. for lunch, yeah, beige. Uh, dinner was always beige waffles. buffets, yeah, they're yeah, my so, favorites so, so, <laughs> totally. I know, I bloody love a beige buffet, but yeah, it was all that sort of thing. And I think you know, actually, it wasn't until I mean, I, I sort of eat everything now and I love food and I love cooking, yeah, um, but it wasn't probably until my mid 20s that I really sort of got into that and started eating a lot of different veg and all that stuff. I never used to eat veg at all, right. you know, during during my early years and my teens and all that sort of thing. And I think that sort of, you know, those people who were brought up on that, especially sort of eighties and nineties where the, it was all about, you know, Finder's crispy um, pancakes. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly it, well, that, that's very much a symbol of all wasn't it it was all about what you can cook quickly. actually what
0: Anne was doing there was just Absolutely. chucking in a bit of a sponsorship thing yeah I'm, and... just, I'm looking to get a <laughs> like, nice,
2: get a nice, sponsorship nice. from yeah. this. with the big boys yeah, yeah. <laughs> why not
0: so beyond you must see and like I said at the beginning you must see all you know different loads of different types of people but like how 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 about you because i mean you the assumption is that a pt well they got they're probably going to eat healthily they're going to be on it every single day and one of the refreshing things when i started working with you was the fact that you were standing there with a huge can of monster energy drink you love know that and stuff you, and you were just like well pff, i eat shit sometimes you know it happens not actual shit no. but, but but do do continue Ooh, if monster
3: on. are listening though yeah i'll send you my address i love that stuff <laughs> zero <laughs> calorie um but no, the interesting thing. You know, sort of food-wise. Uh, like I used to track all my food with my fitness pal, Yeah. Calories, weighing food out. Yeah. You know, how many grams of protein in that? How many grams of carbs? How many grams of fat? All that sort of stuff. To the point where you get to the end of the day, and I'd look at my fitness power, think, oh, um, how am I going to find a food that's got three grams of fat, one gram of carbs? Do you know that was ridiculous? It you becomes know. a bit obsessive, doesn't it? Exactly that. So I, was, I got to the point where I'd go to the, like the in-laws, and they'd have sort of roast dinner, I'd be sort of thinking, I wonder how many calories are in this? And <laughs> Hello? <laughs> <laughs> Is that your end, Joe? <laughs> so I'd think, how many calories in this? And it used to start stressing me out. And I thought, why am oh, I doing sorry, this? That was me. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so then I got to the point where I thought, right, that's ridiculous. You need to stop this. So I'll just track calories. So I did that for a couple of months. And I thought, do you know what? I'm just going to delete my fitness pal. Yeah. like Because mm. I'm putting in the same foods all the time if i didn't put it in i'd still eat these same foods so i just ditched it and that was about maybe 3 years ago now i've not tracked a calorie since right my weight hasn't changed
0: i think mm. it's it's inter- like, it, there's different things for different, different there's different things that work for different people uh because mikey that was on uh, he he joined us all the way from portugal uh, a couple of weeks back and he you know he swears by it and he still uses it now like he's lost mm. nearly 9 stone um, and you know he he still does that, and that's his. I suppose to some extent, maybe that's his 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 way of maintaining it. Uh, yeah. And I suppose you got you got to do what you got to do, haven't you? Really? I think
2: one of the fascinating things about um, having uh, been Bjorn's first client—I was to say patient—one of uh, Bjorn's first first clients was that um, you you see how like your PT effectively like progresses through their career. Mm. So from initially Bjorn was like sort of into sort of weights training and sort of like getting buff and hench and gains with a Z. Um Capital, and capitals. Capitals, well. all capitals, yeah. yeah. Um and like, you know, really sort of working out and and tracking your calories so that you get the maximum protein to get the most gains, et cetera. Um, but then you sort of discovered running, didn't you? And then and that that's become like your focus now is sort of being lean for running, and sort of improving your time. So it's been interesting to watch that development while I'm sort of like still training with you. Yeah. But also seeing what the the things that are affecting your career and your You're the your life not well, yeah. Though, aren't you? Like oh yeah, hundred percent.
0: Like you know what Bjorn is studying is a way of losing weight, with the things you'd be doing. Mm. But I always remember like, <sighs> Ant would turn up at a gig and be like, "I did weights today. I want to feel my arms?" And we'd be like, "No." And he'd like would literally. Thrust his muscle in our face.
2: We both we both do oh. it now,
0: and uh, yeah, <laughs> um, and but then like when the when the running came on, is like, oh, I ran ninety thousand kilometers today. Like, oh, great, yeah, it's really good. And at the time, I guess, really, it was um maybe your way of sort of confirming, yeah, success.
2: It's accountability. Yeah. It's like if you're if you because I've always been like you know massively lacking self confidence, and that sounds weird for somebody that's happy to get on stage and and sort of like you know and um, perform in front of hundreds of people. Okay, on my own, maybe three people, but with beer pressure, more than 100 people, maybe sometimes, <laughs> in the before, times. In the before um, times. But when you do sort of suffer with your self-confidence and you're not confident in that way, just being able to accept praise for something or yeah. asking for some recognition. yeah, Like I come from an environment or a family background where praise and recognition aren't really given. That It's not really a thing that happens. Mm. So you feel guilty for wanting it. Yeah, and it's a really weird. I've had sort of like maybe ten, twelve years of counselling, and if when there is sort of like um, praise or any emotion like that, praise, um, like recognition, or guilt, or shame, if you expect it to come from somewhere and you don't get it, then you take it. You take it all on yourself. So. Yeah not having any recognition not having any praise you take that as sh- shame and guilt like oh why do i need this i shouldn't need this yeah it's a really sort of weird paradox yeah. Just so you two.
0: know i think you're a great bass player
2: oh that's not even true <laughs> that's not even true even you would say that about yourself don't, don't lie to me
0: <laughs> i think um now is probably a really good time for us to have a bit of music and uh, and joe you've um you're going to you're going to sing us a song today aren't you
1: yes i am what what um, are you going to sing for us joe i'm very sorry uh, this is a song i've always loved um I've always been a massive fan of Simon and Garfunkel. Um, I was sort of brought up on them with my mum. And um, live, I don't get to do much of their stuff, so I thought I'd give this one a go. Uh, this is a lovely song written by Paul Simon called Cathy's Song.
0: All right, well, Joe Ringer singing a Paul Simon song, uh, Cathy's Song.
4: I hear the drizzle of the rain like a memory It falls Soft and warm Continuing Wrapping on My roof and walls And from the shelter Of my mind Through the wind. Beyond the rain-drenched streets To England where my heart lies My mind's distracted and diffused My thoughts are many miles away they lie with you when you're asleep Kiss you when you start today And the song I was writing is left undone I don't know why I spend my time Writing songs I can't release really With words that tear and strain to rhyme And as I watch the drops of rain Weave their weary path and die For the grace of you Go wide. And so you see I have come to doubt All that I Once held as true I stand alone Without beliefs The only truth
0: Amazing. Joe Ringer, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! That sounded beautiful, That's Joe. Fantastic, yeah. Great a lovely, lovely
2: voice as well. Yeah, really. Thank you
0: Thank so you. much, Joe. That was <laughs> really, <laughs> really, really cool.
2: What was yeah. it? Mellifluous voice. Melliflu- Ooh. Ooh.
0: Mellifluous. What does that What does that even well, mean? you'll have to
2: mind. Google it and get some education. I need to know how to spell it, first of
0: all. Oh. Yeah. Okay. No, thank you, Joe. And um, we're going we're gonna, to... Uh, Joe's um, sent in a video of him performing that as well. So we will um, put that up on our YouTube channel. So you can check us out on YouTube. We are The Wedding Thinners there. And uh, just a shameless plug at this moment in time, if you haven't followed us on Instagram um, or Facebook, we are also The Wedding Thinners on that place as well. Um, Joe, uh, how can people find more out about what you do musically, um, what you put on uh, just uh, are there any social media links you want to just chuck yeah, in there whilst yeah, you we can, you can on the back of that Inst-
1: instagram i'm on uh, joe ringer vocals um i do some coaching in bits and pieces as well that's great some videos up there of my bits and pieces um yeah all oh, the band is uh, the jrb.co.uk joe ringer band you can amazing that and, and we'll we, come up
0: we'll chuck all that information on uh on the podcast post as well so awesome. we'll make sure that uh, people can find you and can listen to more of that that lovely voice. Yes. What what was the word?
2: Mellifluous. 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 Yes. Lovely word.
0: Um, Bjorn, um, and Bjorn and um, <laughs> was sort of uh, just just before we went had that beautiful piece of music. You wanted to just uh, sort of chuck in some some knowledge about confidence.
3: Yeah, just something that um, Ant was speaking about before, <clears throat> um, and that's just about sort of self confidence and body image and stuff that you know often or predominantly has been sort of like a female th- sort of thing. And obviously, I know you're trying to sort of bring more. Um, spotlight onto the male side of things. And I remember when I started training for myself, it was very much, how do I look like that guy on the Men's Health cover magazine? Oh, i need to lift weights and, and be buff. And that will make me happy because mm-hmm. I'm unhappy and that will make me happy because I'm six foot two, skinny. You know, I, ne- I, need, to, I need to be buff. Um, so, you know, I was, as I say, tracking all my food, calories, macros, weight training in the gym and all that sort of stuff. And as Hans already said, I then got into running because I injured my shoulder um, got sort of fed up with training, found running, which obviously isn't really the best way to build a lot of upper body muscle. Um, but I found that I just became a lot happier with myself because I found something I enjoyed, found something that was more more my thing. Yeah. Um, and I just think people are often chasing a physical uh, result or appearance and it's always, I'll be happy when yeah. I'm mm. a certain weight or I'm a certain yeah, yeah. size. And all the time it happens, they get to that point and guess what? They're still the same person. They're just a smaller version, or yeah. a, mm, a and version they've not truly fixed
0: the re, like the the, yeah. the issue that might have been there. Exactly, I, I would say it's exactly the same for me. I was going through the motions w- when working with you. Even you know, I I was losing weight. That was it. There was no other goal. I just wanted to lose weight, whatever that meant. And it didn't really mean anything to me at that point, clearly because I didn't stick to it. There wasn't the full commitment. But it was when I sort of moved into the boxing realms a little bit more. That a, I was tricking my brain, as I always say, because I'm doing something that's getting me, you know, fit, but it's also predominantly a skill, uh, and I was really, really enjoying it. You know, it was great, and it was very, you know, releasing that energy or that angst or whatever. It was, it was brilliant, and you know, it is brilliant. It's, it's such a, uh, an amazing way of losing, like of doing good cardio workout. There's well.
2: such a mental health element to it, yeah. To the whole sort of what what you're doing, what we're doing, this whole sort of podcast idea. There's a whole. It's underpinned by mental health.
0: 100%. Mm. Everybody's got a story. And we were saying that um, in between. We, we've had a couple of sessions today, and we were saying that in between that, you know, everybody, you know, that surrounds everybody who may live around this studio, everybody's got something you mm. know and it's just whether they acknowledge it it's whether they accept it it's whether they understand where to start and i think that's such a key as well you know some people may be living with the the mental health issue of maybe i want to lose some weight but they just they're lost mm. you don't know where to begin and actually for me it started with conversing with my friends with Ant, and then actually Ant helped to sort of speed that up by passing me over to you beyond to start work there as well to
2: clarify when you say uh talking to my friends and then with ant does that include me as friends or just... No, we I, I said also with Ant
0: because I was looking at Bjorn, which nobody can see because oh, okay. we're a podcast. I mean, I'm not needy, And I was pointing but... to you. So right, I, I was acknowledging your existence in the room. Thanks so much, mate. I can, I can go to not doing that if you prefer. Oh. I will. Ant is in the room. Thanks, mate. Yeah, well that's done. That's all I needed. Yeah, <laughs> he's here. Um, yeah, I, I think um, there's a lot to be said for the mental health aspect of it. And I mm-hmm. think it's, it's, as you say, it's, a, it's not talked about enough. Um, and that's the reason that we're doing this to... You know, share share how we're feeling, and and hope that um, you know, just by listening to us chatting a load of rubbish, probably you might it might help people feel a bit better about themselves, and maybe they'll start you know on their process and you know get to the point they want to get to as well. Mm. Um, and is there anything you want to add? I mean, because I know that you've you've had a you know you've had a very long journey, and I know that you've sort of physically improved. Um, your mental health is better um, you are yeah, having counselling as well are you still having counselling as well?
2: Um, not at the moment no um, so I prefer sort of like face to face sort of one to one counselling and obviously that's not really an option at the moment yeah. So, um, but yeah I've had counselling since like 2012 So um,
0: and there's a stigma attached to it isn't there? well
2: there is and I didn't know that I, I, I needed to see a counsellor I was just really just sad all the time sometimes because uh, a bit of background my dad passed away in 2009 he committed suicide and obviously that was, uh, I'd not seen him in sort of five years. So then there's the element of like, okay, so I hadn't seen my dad in five years. Was it my fault? Did did Could I have done anything? Um, why didn't I have a better relationship with my dad? Was that my fault? Was that his fault? Yeah, That kind of thing. And that is such a fundamental part of who you are as a person, sort of like where you're from, mm. that you don't, you know, it it, it, it just completely edges away your, your confidence. And so I was just like crying myself to sleep at night and just being a bit of an aggy person during the day. And not understanding why I was behaving in the way that I was, and I went to. um, Eventually, it got to the point where I had to go and to to see someone because I was just. I went to the doctor's firstly, Um, and I he was like, "So, what do you think? What's your what's the problem with you? Problem? What's your problem? What's your problem?" But like, (laughs) what's what's wrong? And I was like, and I just went, I'm sad, and I just started crying. And he was like, "Okay, well, the first thing you've done." Like it's is walk it's, through the door here. Yep. That's the most important thing you could have done. Yeah. Unfortunately, my GP was actually a mental health specialist as well. So oh, he right. trained he trained that he specialised in mental health when he was qualifying. Um and he was like, Look, you know, the it's like people say that it's a weakness to to admit to admit that you're sad and you need help, but actually it's the strongest thing you can do.
0: Yeah. It's the so, hardest thing you can do as well.
2: Exactly. So for, for sort of like ten years I was having all this counselling and previously I would put that burden of my counselling onto other relationships that I had in my life. So mm. my friends, my family. Um, and obviously that's not fair because they're not qualified because mm. they've got their own stuff going on. Yeah. So you actually have to have somebody that you can bounce these sort of ideas off. Um, and it was through getting my head sorted in that way that I mani- that I ended up sort of like in a position where I felt confident enough to live on my own. I made that decision. I felt confident, uh, obviously like, you know, in a little man hovel, but still living on my own. Um, and then after that, I then started to to see Bjorn yeah. um, and put together the pieces of actually trying to, because I just figured that, you know, I was just going to get fatter and fatter and fatter, and then eventually die. Um, and I didn't know that there was another way to live my life. Yeah. I just didn't, couldn't comprehend it. Like, that was
0: how. That was what you were used to. Yeah, exactly. Mm.
2: And yeah, so it's breaking that cycle and those examples that have been set for you, mm. and actually breaking out into your own thing. And it yeah. was only with the confidence of counselling, I could turn my back on things in the past and move on to looking in the future. Because it's yeah. like you're always. You're always either depressed about the past or you're anxious about the future. That's depression and anxiety in a nutshell. And actually it's about living in the now and doing things now for your future.
0: It's really interesting, I think, that you know you, you mentioned about your insecurities and you know you mentioned about the fact that you know despite the fact you can stand up on stage and you know we, we can stand up on stage and act like a couple of wallies in front of you know usually a good number of people um but you know it, it, for me i consider it that like i have a mode you know and my mm. mode right now is my mode maybe for performance i don't know you know my mode when i'm at home with my family i would hope is natural me uh, you know and, and i think that they're just coping mechanisms and to an extent Perhaps I had a mode for dealing with my, you know, my upset and, and my unhappiness with my, my food. But I, I would be, I'd be curious, like, for you, Joe, like, do you find that you are on stage, are you a different beast? Are you a different animal to, you know, Joe Ringer just sort of wandering around Norwich High Street?
1: <laughs> that is what I do most of the time. <laughs> um, well, there isn't
0: much else to do for a musician at the moment, is there? Let's face it. No, Yeah.
1: very true. I mean, do you yeah, have different you do different modes? I think you sort of... Yeah, I think you sort of turn on a bit of a switch, don't you? You just become a, yeah, you know, a bigger a version of yourself, and it's that. It all depends what you're doing as well. I mean, you know, obviously we do sort of different types of events and gigs, <coughs> you know. So we do quite a lot of stuff with my band around here in Norwich, and we're quite reasonably well known. I'd say we did a we did a show at the the big theatre here, and we had about. 1200 people there just to watch us you did something recently as well didn't you
0: you put a a covid secure show on i think yeah
1: we've just done a halloween show as well so trying to keep going yeah good on you it's just that thing of like um when you're doing something you know people are there to see you i i find it's a it's a very different beast to you know i'm sure you've done a few awkward gigs in your time just like I have weddings and stuff, where you feel like, why the hell did they book a band, or why the oh hell God. did they book never. a singer? Or that has never happened. Your, you're on your in the corner, and it's <laughs> like a bloody wake. Um, but no, I think there is. I okay,
0: have, I have actually played a wake as well. So have that, you? Yeah. Nice.
1: yeah, was there a, was there a wake cake?
2: No, I don't or, need to be awake to play bass. <laughs>
0: or, <laughs> hey, yeah, no, sorry, Joe. You were. I just chucked in some weird anecdotes. Yeah,
1: so, no, I just think it's that thing. If people are there to see you. And and I think you get the vibe in the at the start of the gig what kind of night it's going to be as yeah, well, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you do. And if you can get them on side straight away, um, it's so important. And as you say, you become a bigger bigger version of yourself you know? which is
0: ironic because we're trying to do the complete opposite <laughs> exactly
1: exactly <laughs> and I think self-confidence I mean when I was a lot bigger I mean so when I started gigging was about 2007 I think and I was probably at my biggest then right nearly 21 stone I think I was um you know and I had no stage confidence actually my my sort of groundings in amateur theatre really I did that for years so And there's a lot to be said for that because you're playing a character. So it's Mm. it's a little bit different. But when you've got to be yourself, the transition into that and also not having any self or any body confidence yourself is a hard thing to do. And, you know, it takes time. But I think once you realize that you can be yourself and that people actually like you, it's it's a really important thing. And for us, I think it's why quite a lot of people come and watch us now because they feel that it's 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 a personable experience. They're part of the whole thing. Yeah, but they're also getting something, you know, entertaining and hopefully good, musically. So yeah. I think it's, I think it, it helps. But but then, as you say, at home I'm a completely different person. Yeah. And you know, the smallest things can get you down. So it's not like you're that person all the no, time. No, switch it on, and switch it off. It, yeah, you see it a lot of with these sort of um, musicians. You know, they'll be, you know, when you see them, you speak to them, they'll be on a high. They'll never stop talking. They'll be over the top. But you just sort of wonder what goes on behind closed doors but you can't be like that all the time it's really interesting because I, be I, I heard
0: a, a radio interview with um, Paul Weller once and he was I mean Paul Weller is you know well how many years has he been in the industry and, and what I found fascinating about it was that um, whoever was interviewing him said "Oh, and, you know and I understand I've heard a rumour that you get really nervous before walking on stage like before you start and he's like yep I hate it he mm. said you know he Paul Weller you know yeah, and this guy the jam you know all the, all the good stuff he's done and despite that even now he gets nervous mm. but he and it, it was what actually made me um, realise that I, I did this as well. I mean, I don't get nervous so much anymore, but what he said was, but as soon as I have to, he said, I have to see the, the venue, I have to see the stage before anybody's in there so I can see what space I've got. Check. That's Check. something yeah, I have we to really, do. We? Uh, and not just from a health and safety or all that boring stuff, but I just need to physically see what space I've got. And he said, but the second I walk on the stage, got my guitar, I go into a different mode. And he said, naturally, I don't even know what comes over me like that. It just mm. happens. So it's almost instinctive for him. So, yeah, that, I thought that was fascinating for someone who was so, you know, embedded within the sort of the cultural history of music industry to, to say that. Um, Bjorn, so your fat loss and lols. Um, I mean, we, you know, we've discussed the confidence thing. Do you think there's an element of like people have to sort of get into a mode to be doing it?
3: Yeah. Do, do you know what it is? Um, a lot of the time... You the sort of people we're targeting are uh, the sort of people that have tried everything else before. So predominantly we work with women. Um, you know, so they've done Slimming World, they've done Weight Watchers, and for whatever reason it hasn't hasn't worked for them. And so our big underlying message is, um, or what we're trying to achieve is a positive impact that lasts. So it's all very well and good doing something while you're on plan, essentially, but we w- we want to sort of affect a change that will last. So if the, even if they only work with us for eight weeks, for example, not the band, um, <laughs> that they, they go off and, you know, they've, we've had an impact on them that lasts forever. They're not yeah. beholden to any sort of scheme where they have to buy a product or they have to continually pay for our service.
2: Well,
0: what, what do they do? Like, you know, say it's day one, fat loss and lows. What, what 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 can somebody expect?
2: Don't uh, give the secrets away now.
0: Well,
3: uh, we give away all the secrets <laughs> and because there are none. And this is the thing, there are no secrets. So... Yeah, I said before about managing expectations. So one of the first tasks we do once we've sort of you know, sort of established what they've done in the past and where they've got to is, I know Elliot said on the second podcast about people want that quick result and the studies have shown that you're going to get a better result if you get a quick fix, um, quick weight loss out of the gate. But what we found is if, if we don't install these really good habits in people – that they can't then... It's like building a house. You've got to build that foundation before you can build anything on top of it. So one of the first things we do is get them to drink a glass of water in the morning and the feedback from them is, sorry, what? I'm paying how much for you to teach me to drink a glass of water in the morning? They're mm. like, yeah, just stick with us. And then they find they manage it three days in a row and then they miss a day. They're like, oh, because it's not a habit yet. So if water first thing in the morning. Then we might get them to move for 30 seconds and they're like, this is pointless. No, trust us, keep going. And then obviously we're sort of layering those. They're all habits. Mm. So we're not, they're saying, Oh, well, what should I eat for breakfast? Well, hang on a minute. You've not even drunk any water this morning. Don't start stressing about whether you should have this or that or the other thing for breakfast. You know, let's get those sort of habits in, embedded. So over the course of like eight weeks, for example, which is the, the first point of contact we have with people, it's literally starting from ground zero. Right. Because um, when they come to us, they're the sort of person and they say, I'm the sort of person that... Always gives up. I'm the sort of person, and they are, they identify it as the type of person mm. that never follows through on anything, that never succeeds, that's always unhappy. So we we're trying to teach them to think about themselves in a different way. Yeah. I'm the sort of person that does what I say I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm the sort of person that can do X, Y, Z. There's
0: positive mantras. Mm. Yeah. So is there like is it is there act is it mainly just sort of uh, mindfulness, if you like, almost. Like a, a reprogramming thing or like an educational thing, or is there fitness stuff involved with it as well? So there's no
3: in in our sort of you know, first port of contact with people, there's no sort of set workouts or anything like that. We do touch on steps, but primarily it's around habits and behaviours. So sure. um and we find that just by giving them a habit, let's just say water, drinking some water, so glass first thing in the morning, two to three liters throughout the day, you'd be amazed how many people barely drink anything the whole day. Yeah. And doing that consistently. So we give them like a way to track their progress. So they get up and they... Right, I said that I was going to drink my water. I've done it. I've ticked the box. It sort of puts... Yeah, like it reminds co- them of what they've got to do yeah. for the rest of the day. But also, once they tick it, it's like... It's, it's the mode, it's, isn't it? It's yeah. reward and recognition, isn't But it? once Except that glass, exactly
0: it, it puts you into that mode of, today I'm going to be eating healthily yeah. and yeah. following
3: my lifestyle plan. So each time they tick, they're effectively putting a, a penny in the piggy bank. Yeah. And then they do it again, they yeah. do it again, they do yeah, it again. It. And so they're building up their self-image as someone that takes action, someone that doesn't blame other people for where they've got to, mm. someone that thinks, well, I'm in control of this, mm. food doesn't control me, I control food, I control my own habits... Behaviors, And as you say, if I've started the day with a glass of water and a, you know, some movement or whatever, it just sets them on that right path for the rest yeah. of the day. And then over eight weeks, we're just stacking and layering all these different habits. But along with that comes self-confidence and a different image. Almost like different
0: units that they need to study yeah. to some extent. And how can people get in touch with, like, with you or how can people sort of find out more about that?
3: So we've got a fat, uh, website, fatlossandloles.com. Um, or social media, so right. either Facebook or Instagram.
0: Right, okay, and they can get in touch and find out a bit more about it as well. Yeah, so
3: our next programme goes out in January
0: 2021. Oh, mm. Watch this space. Yes. Exciting. I would be curious, just whilst we have you as a PT in the room, um, and I'd be curious to sort of know, and I know perhaps it might differ from person to person, but what would you say would be uh, some acceptable way of starting, you know, uh, some sort of exercise something really simple and straightforward that someone could even do at home you know let's say there's somebody listening they're unhappy with their weight at the moment they want to do something about it and they you know not necessarily that they want quick wins uh, but you know is there something that they could just start doing
3: yeah I mean I would say exercise for a lot of people especially if they are overweight is very daunting mm. and the thought of doing some sort of uh, even PE with whoever is uh, <laughs> is way too much That those things are not geared at beginners you know a lot of these workout programs, oh, they're only 20 minutes. 20 minutes? You're kidding me, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, we've got a program that's 60 seconds. Right. Literally 60 seconds a day. People are like, oh, what's the, again, what's the point of doing 60 seconds? But they've been
0: conditioned that they need to do more. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But the starting point for us is always steps, daily steps. So, yeah, every smartphone tracks steps, Fitbits, watches, et cetera. So just log your steps for a week. Just sort of have a look and just try and, you know, just up your steps Say, right, I'm going to try and do a 1,000 steps more a day, which is only about 10 minutes walking. Yeah. Um, or increase by 500 and you know, sort of start there. Start small. And then you know, once you sort of get to the point where you're sort of feeling a bit more energized, um, you know, you're drinking a bit more water, just pick one movement. So a simple movement that you can do. You're not necessarily squats or could be marching on the spot, literally marching on the spot or um, star jumps, whatever. And just do it for 60 seconds a day. Yeah, Try that for 28 days you'll feel infinitely better. Yeah,
2: mm. yeah. baby steps. Just start small, work it out. Yeah, definitely. Just it's,
3: consistency. Just tick it, tick it every it's day. It's owning it as well, isn't it? Yeah.
2: Although in terms of steps, I did find that... like if This often, is a joke about steps. No, so it's not a joke about steps. Oh. It's not that. That would be a tragedy. <laughs> ah. However, thank you very much. That joke was better best forgotten. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh. That's two jokes. Two for sorry. One for sorry? Oh, God damn it. Anyway. <laughs> I wish I was on this virtually
0: because I could mute this part. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what I was going to say was when I'm obviously being in a wedding band, when I'm gigging, I find that if I, I have my Fitbit on the, my dominant hand, on my right hand, where I I'm, I'm use a plectrum because I'm not a proper bass player. <laughs> so so when I'm using moving my hand up and down, after a gig, it looks like I've done like 50,000 steps or something. And in my head, I was like, oh, wow, yeah, no, I've done really well. I've done 30,000 steps this week. It's great. And actually, it's not that. No. It's the fact that I've just done a gig. So if I'm gigging Thursday, Friday, Saturday... Well, you have upped your step count
0: because you are active on stage, aren't you? You're not like... You, you are, like you're moving, irrespective of all... Yeah, you know, basically. you're loading in, you're lifting all the heavy gear, you're, yeah. you know, you've got the emotional stress perhaps that's going to get your heart rate up as well. You know, the, mm. like Joe said, you know, we are pratting about on stage is, is a good form of exercise for us as well. Yeah. So we're fortunate really, Joe, aren't we, to be able to have that as a, you know, as quite an unusual free form of exercise. Would yeah, you... like a
1: free natural work. Yeah. I think, But there but is sort of a lot to be said for that is if you can find a form of exercise that you love and enjoy, then surely you're winning. Like you've said with the boxing and like we've said with, with work, you know, working on stage and being involved in something that needs movement, you know, needs you to burn calories. Basically, if you can find that, that's sort of halfway towards it. And I sort of, I I used to play football a lot until I had to have my knee done this year. And, you know, I, I used to love that and it was, it didn't feel like exercise but obviously it was and I guess that's the dream if you can find enough of those things and put them in place that you enjoy but that yeah. benefit you from this it's not a chore maybe even that exercise health point of view yeah yeah it's not a chore and that thing of like if you if you live you know 45 minutes away from somewhere like I used to walk to work back in the day and it was 45 minutes and it was sort of I sort of had to really because there wasn't parking and it wasn't a good bus, so it forces you to do it. And again, it's the exercise that it actually has a, a benefit other than just the burning calories. Yeah, of course.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, that's great. Listen, it's been absolutely wonderful to have uh, both Ann and Bjorn uh, in the studio. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, and Joe, I really appreciate um, you um, joining us virtually. Um, are there no any gig, are there any gigs on the agenda? I know not right now necessarily, oh, but
1: yeah, we got some we got some Christmas bits and pieces okay. coming up. Finished by ten o'clock wherever we can. So <laughs> yeah, we're doing a few Christmas show. We do a Christmas show every year, and we're doing a few of those and a, a few Christmas gigs at some. Um, local venue so if anyone's up Norwich Way yeah of course of and
0: like and as I say to everybody that's on here as well feel free to share anything that you're doing on our um, you know on our Facebook page and Instagram oh, uh, thanks, mate. Uh, the wedding thinners you know we, we, we want to support as many different industries as we can given the, the current climate um, it's not cool at the moment but I you know firmly uh, very much appreciate you you being involved and taking time out of your I would say busy schedule but it's probably not busy at the moment but you've probably got other uh, things that you could I, be doing do?
1: um, no actually I'm doing quite a lot of arranging for Christmas Great. So I'm just sitting here in front of Sibelius at the minute.
0: It's very boring. Nice, nice. And of course, if Sibelius uh, do want to sponsor the wedding thinners, yeah, we are yeah, they can.
1: Yeah, yeah, Yeah,
0: we are open to lovely. it. Uh, that would be great. Um, yeah, and uh, Bjorn, uh, people can find out more about you on social media. Um, you've got a, the Fat Loss and Lowell's programme January 2021. That's right. So yeah. something for people to look forward to there so they can get in touch with you. And of course, we'll put the links up on our, our social media pages as well. But anything you, you want to add before you go?
3: No, I just think... Um, Obviously, our next program starts in January. But what I would say is, don't wait till then if you if you want to, to do something. Um, there's always this yeah. Start on Monday. Right, kind it starts of. Monday. Exactly. I was going to say that earlier. Yeah. Um, just start and also don't go too mad. Just start with something and build up consistency. Because the only reason people ever fail is because they stop. Yeah. yeah. They find it really hard to get started, and then they find it hard to keep going. So just find something you can manage. day Manage your
0: expectations as well. Yeah. I like firmly, firmly. That's the one biggest thing I've learned. You know, I'm not going to lose weight by tomorrow you know it's not going to happen that quickly so yeah manage those expectations most certainly yeah cool and and anything you want to add before you you Uh, yeah it's also
2: about don't be so hard on yourself so Mm. like when you're not when you're not losing the weight immediately don't take it to heart yeah because i
0: think that can then lead you down that spiraling go back to eating 14 packets of jaffa cakes Oh,
2: God. Again. <laughs> oh. Okay. We shouldn't be doing that on a, a I'm health headed, and fitness I'm uh, podcast. i to the petrol station on the way home. Oh, okay. So. Don't do it. Don't do it. Well, <laughs> listen,
0: I, I want to wrap things up by saying a big thank you to Bjorn Dawson. Thank you. Um, thank you very much for coming in and joining us today. Aunt Martin, our guest presenter. Thank, thank you, you, Anthony. And do keep up that uh, moustache. It looks lovely thank you so much I uh, will make sure that photos go up on our wedding this page that you send me at some point point. Uh, and Joe uh, Joe Ringer joining us from sunny sunny beautiful Norwich thank you Joe and uh, it that's quite it it's sunny now no worries is it all. it's quite sunny here now actually all the torrential rain has stopped so yeah we're done for another episode thank you very much everybody Woo! cheers yeah. bye you this podcast bye. listen to our podcast the buffet's closed with smaller clothes <laughs>